This is the IDP After Show. Welcome back to Johnny the Greek's Cornerback Corner. This is the audio edition. Heading into week 18, how's everybody doing? Happy New Year's, happy holidays. Hope everyone had a good title run last week for, I'm guessing, most of our leagues. I've got one that's in week 18, but that's about it. Most of them happen in week 17. Very good year here. Not as good as I would have hoped, but difficult season. Very difficult season this year. A lot of injuries, a lot of shenanigans, a lot of promotions, a lot of demotions, just a lot of stuff to track. And more and more, that's the fantasy football landscape these days. It's less about watching tape and paying attention to stats and PFF scores and more. It's just remembering to set a lineup full of people that have a pulse and play football every week. It's unfortunate, but that's the landscape we are in these days. Um, But yeah, all things being even pretty good year, couple titles, a whole bunch of second places, a couple thirds, tons and tons of best ball wins coming in over a grand one in prize money. So very happy about that. I can't complain. Things are good. I hope you guys had a good title run as well and at least got one, hopefully more than one. And if not, no worries. We'll be back next year and we'll give it another crack and we will definitely secure those titles. But yeah, for those of you that do have the week 18 title game or more common, the 17-18 combo title game where it's two weeks worth and you combine the points, we got you covered this week. Full disclosure, this is all shots in the dark. You guys know the deal with week 18. There are going to be teams that rest their starters. There are going to be teams that rest questionable players because they're out of it and they can't make the playoffs. So why risk further injury? Yeah, there's going to be stuff coming that we don't know about. It's going to be a surprise to everyone. So it's the most unpredictable week of the season by far. So it's going to be rough, but the way I looked at this and the and what I've been working on since Sunday is especially the written article. I would go read that this week over at the idpshow.com, but to a lesser extent here, we're going to talk about options mostly that are on teams that are needing to play this week and needing to play their starters to either improve their playoff seating, win a division, or secure a wild card slot. And that's it. That's the trick with Week 18. If you got a title game, is you got to have guys that are going to actually play. And that's horrible because it's you just played 17 weeks of this season to get here. And now maybe a section of your team, a part of your team, some of your team is gone, might not play this week just because are the Ravens going to play for anything this week? I highly doubt it. They're locked in. Are the Niners? Probably not. They're locked in, right? That's two entire teams already that we're probably not getting any starters from. That's not great, but it is what it is. So we'll do the best we can. And at the minimum, on the cornerback side of things, we have so many options that I think you guys are going to be okay. I think we'll be able to find enough good, solid, reliable options that are in a position where they have to play this week that it's still going to be okay. So I got you covered from that aspect. Everything else, (laughs) no idea. You're on your own, but I got you covered for corners. So with that being said, let's get into it. We'll start with last week's transparency, as is tradition. So in week 17, title week for the vast majority of us, I was 79% accurate 
in the written article on 58 adjusted calls. That was after 12 inactive slash injuries, which is quite a bit. We'll talk about that later. 70 original calls, 79% accuracy. That was 34% for the massive hit rate last week. 80% accuracy for the season with 47% of all calls this season, excuse me, all correct calls this season being massive hits. So very good year for the accuracy. Very happy with that. And I hope it helped out you guys quite a bit. All right, let's dial in a little bit more. Let's look at the audio transparency for last week. So the guys that I said were likely cornerback ones and twos. DJ Reed got past his projection. Ifiati Mellon, you're my waifu, got past his projection. Brandon Stevens was inactive. Roger McCreary doubled his projection. Nate Hobbs got past his projection. Kenny Moore was inactive. Chavarius Ward doubled his projection. Mike Hilton doubled his projection. So looking pretty good for the corner ones and twos. Dart throw transparency last week. Sauce Gardner was under projection. Cameron Sutton quadrupled his projection. He had a huge week. Stefan Gilmore was just under projection. Duran Bland met his projection. Marlon Humphrey was injured in the first quarter. Adoree Jackson doubled his projection. Paulson Adebo got past his projection. Jamel Dean met his projection. Diamondar Lenoir got past his projection. DJ Turner got demoted towards the end of last week when Cam Taylor Britt came off IR. We'll talk about that later. I did the best I could to warn you guys with that. I put out a tweet. I updated the article here, but it was late week news, so there wasn't much we could do about it. Hope it didn't screw you guys over too bad. Legereus Sneed was under projection. Trent McDuffie got past projection. Jair Alexander was inactive due to stupidity. Byron Murphy was inactive due to injury. So last week, audio recommendations, 13 of 22 were correct. Five were either inactive or injured during play, and four were just straight up wrong. Alrighty, let's move on to week 18, and we'll start with the best matchups for week 18. And obviously, these are dependent on the starters playing. I have no control over that. I think the best you guys can do is pay attention to beat writers this week, throw on a little more NFL radio than usual, a little bit more ESPN than usual. Just pay attention. Keep your ear to the ground, and these things will hopefully leak out as we learn about them. If an entire team plans on resting starters, someone's going to know about it and hopefully they say something and we get a heads up ahead of time. That's what I'm hoping for here, but it is what it is. So yeah, all of these are dependent on us getting the same players we've been getting this entire season. If we don't, there's nothing I can do about it. But all right, with that being said, best matchups week 18, Browns at Bengals. This looks great. Once again, assuming we get the starters, it's got a 46-point over-under. Cincinnati is the 11th best passing attack in the league. They are second best for wide receiver targets. And on the other side, Joe Flacco as, is at uh, about 25 completions per game. That went down a little bit against the Jets, but he still shredded those guys last week. Flacco is red hot. So I think we're looking good on both sides of that matchup. I also like Texans at Colts. That one is indoors. It's got a 46 and a half point over under, which is excellent. It's got massive playoff implications. So we should be getting all the starters on both sides. The Colts are middle of the pack for passing, but 10th for wide receiver targets, so that looks good. The Texans are within the top 10 for both overall passing offense and wide receiver targets, so that looks good. Texans at Colts, I think that this one and the next one I'm going to talk about are where the vast majority of quarterback streams should come from this week. 
if you want the best ceiling and the safest options, the, these teams we're talking about, this matchup and the next one, are locked in. They have to play their starters. And, and here we go. The next one is Bills at Dolphins. So the winner of this is the AFC East champion. That means they're playing everyone on both sides. We should be good. It is outdoors, but it's in Miami, so not too bad. It's got a 49-point over-under, which is excellent. The Bills are the ninth overall passing attack. The Dolphins are the first overall passing attack. The Bills are middle of the pack for wide receiver targets. The Dolphins are seventh for wide receiver targets. I've got one all-IDP league this week that's got a third-place game for Week 18. I am absolutely starting, guys, from Bills, Dolphins, Texans, Colts, and there are a couple others that are playoff relevant that we'll get to later, but those two look great in particular. Some of the best one-sided matchups for Week 18 include the Giants side of Eagles at Giants. Philly has just been an absolute mess lately. It, it feels like they need to start their starters, even if they're locked into a, a wild card and not winning the NFC East, which is not set in stone either. If Philly wins and Dallas loses, they've got the NFC East. So Philly will be playing their starters. It's a get right game for them. They have to get right before the playoffs or they're going to exit immediately. So I feel like they play all their guys. They try and get that offense fixed right before playoffs kick off. And the Giants are going to be the unlucky beneficiary of all that and probably get their brains beat out. So I think we're looking good for any Giants cornerback options in that one. I also like the 49ers side of Rams at 49ers. So both these teams are locked into playoffs. The 49ers are a one seed regardless. The Rams are in regardless. So we may not even get any starters in this one at all. But if we do, the Rams are the 10th overall best passing attack in the league, and they are number one for wide receiver targets. So that would be excellent for any 49ers corners that start this week. Some of the worst matchups for Week 18 include Steelers at Ravens. So these guys are 27th and 21st, respectively, for overall passing attack, 24th and 22nd, respectively, for wide receiver targets. It's outdoors. It's in Baltimore. It's going to be early January. It's going to be cold. We could get snow. It's not a good setup to begin with. Then beyond that, there's a really good chance that Baltimore is not rolling anyone out this week. So that, that kills whatever value was there in the first place as the 21st overall passing attack, which wasn't much to begin with. So that stinks for our Steelers. And then I think even, even a backup Ravens defense is going to give the Steelers a hard time with that offense. So I, I wouldn't imagine Mason Rudolph looking like the reincarnation of uh, 1999 Kurt Warner this week either. So that doesn't look good. I'm staying away from that one. And obviously Jets at Patriots is not good. This is outdoors in New England. This is the 29th and 24th overall passing attacks, respectively, 25th and 23rd, respectively, for wide receiver targets. We can skip that one. Some potentially good matchups for Week 18 include Vikings at Lions. This has got a 50.5 over under, which is massive. This is the third and fourth overall passing offenses, respectively. Neither one is great for wide receiver targets, but this is an indoor game with playoff implications this week, which means we'll get starters on both sides. The Lions can improve their seeding, perhaps. And the Vikings still have an outside shot of getting into the playoffs from everything I've read today. So I think we get all the starters. 
And I think it's an early January indoor game with a massive over-under. And that's pretty good for a Week 18 title game. We'll take it. Uh, Also, another potentially good matchup for Week 18 is Cowboys at Commanders. I am well aware that Dallas is not the same on the road. But if we even get a fraction of their fifth overall passing attack, we'll have plenty of value for our Washington corners. And then on the other side, the commanders are the 16th overall passing attack, but they target their wide receivers third most in the league, which will give us some value for Dallas. Dallas targets their wide receivers ninth most in the league, which is excellent as well. So assuming we get all the right people in that one, we should have a good Kendall Fuller week, a good St. Juiced week, pretty good Gilmore week, and hopefully a Duran Bland bounce back week. All right, moving on to some likely cornerback ones and twos for this week. First one I want to talk about is Mike Hilton of the Bengals up against uh, Joe Flacco and the Browns. Once again, this is all dependent on if we get the starters or not, but Hilton is red hot. He's been blitzing off the corner. He had a sack last week. He's got a good tackle floor, and Flacco is straight dealing. That's more than enough for me right there. I'd go with Hilton. I also like Desmond King of the Texans up against the Colts. Desmond King does tap out around 80, 85% of snaps a week, but the role, the responsibility that they have him doing really sets him up for production. The la- He's got 30 tackles over the last three weeks, 30 combined tackles. It's been 11, 11, and 8 the last three weeks for combined tackles for Desmond King. And the Colts offense in general is nothing to sneeze at. Those guys are pretty good. So I like Desmond King quite a bit this week. And that's a game that has playoff implications. So we know we're actually going to get Desmond King, which is pretty important this week. I also like Kenny Moore on the other side of that matchup up against the Texans. Texans are top 10 for overall passing, top 10 for wide receiver targets. Kenny Moore wasn't active last week. Assuming he can play, I would trust him in this situation, absolutely. And once again, he's on a team where the division isn't settled yet. The wild card slots aren't settled yet. They've got something to play for. I would trust him this week. I also like Teron Johnson and Razul Douglas as possible cornerback ones and twos this week up against the Dolphins in their number one overall passing offense. Dolphins are seventh for wide receiver targets. And once again, that's a game where the winner wins the AFC East. So both sides are going to be playing their butts off. That's a good setup for Teron and Razul, no doubt. I like Adoree Jackson up against the Eagles. Eagles are only middle of the pack for passing offense and wide receiver targets, but Dory Jackson is the last man standing. He's the only healthy option that's actually good for the Giants. So he should be on A.J. Brown quite a bit this week. And the last, we saw this game two weeks ago, and Dory Jackson had a 30-point game. And he had a 25-point game last week. So he is heating up at the right time. He's got a good matchup. I think I would be A-OK with the Dory Jackson this week. I also like Traverius Ward of the Niners up against the Rams. This is one of those games where we may not get the starters, but if we do, Traverius Ward has been excellent all season. He's red hot at the moment. The Rams are the 10th overall passing attack. They are number one in the league for wide receiver targets. It does not get much better than that for Traverius Ward. And then Kendall Fuller as well. That'd be my final cornerback one or two for this week. Kendall Fuller, assuming he could play this week, he was inactive with an injury last week, would be going up against Dallas in their fifth overall passing attack, ninth in the league for wide receiver targets. And and Dallas obviously is going to try and win that game so they can secure the NFC East crown. 
and then get the two seed and have pretty much all the home games happen except when it's time to get annihilated by the 49ers, which is tradition. Yep, I like those guys as cornerbacks ones and twos this week. Moving on to dart throws for week 18, I'm going to start with Antonio Hamilton of the Arizona Cardinals. A lot of fluctuation, a lot of shenanigans in the Arizona cornerback core. The one constant in the past few weeks has been Antonio Hamilton. He's up against a Seahawks passing attack that is within the top third of the league and is eighth overall for wide receiver targets. And he's coming off like a 15-point game. He's looking pretty good. I think Antonio Hamilton's in a good spot to shine this week. A little bit risky, but everything in Week 18 is risky. So it's degrees of risk. I like Cam Taylor-Britt up against Joe Flacco. Same reasons that we've been talking about with the Flacco-related stuff so far. Britt was activated off IR last week. They did not ease him back into the lineup. He played 100% of snaps immediately and totally displaced DJ Turner, sent him down to 11% of snaps. So Cam Taylor Britt is ready to roll, good to go. And if we recall earlier this season, this guy's been a cornerback one or two for us almost every week he goes out there. So great setup for him to begin with. He's back. He's playing 100% of uh, snaps. He's healthy for the first time in weeks. I like it. I just hope we get Flacco on the other side so we can actually have some value. On the other side of that same matchup, I like Martin Emerson against Cincinnati. Cincinnati has the 11th best passing attack. They are second in the league for wide receiver targets. That's a beautiful setup for Mr. Emerson. I like that. I like Byron Murphy up against the Lions. Lions have the fourth overall passing attack. They are middle of the pack for wide receiver targets. And Byron Murphy was inactive last week. But assuming he can play, and assuming we get a little more of the pass-happy Lions, I think he'll be A-OK. Not to mention, he's a super talented, productive option to start with, and that's always good. And that's an indoor game, so that's always good. On the other side, excuse me, not on the other side of that same division, though, I like Kyler Gordon of the Bears against the recently hot Packers passing attack. For the season, Green Bay's passing attack is middle of the pack overall, and then middle of the pack for wide receiver targets as well, but they've been super hot lately, and it's a win-and-you're-in situation. If the Packers beat the Bears, they get a wild card slot. It is that simple. Beyond that, Jalen Johnson got injured last week, and Tyreek Stevenson has been splitting time with Terrell Smith, so Kyler Gordon is really the best and only option that remains for the Bears cornerback core, so I like him quite a bit this week against the pretty hot Packers. I like Juju Brents of the Colts up against the Texans. Brents was awesome for us earlier this year and then missed about two months. Never did go to IR, did sit out for about two months with an injury. He's been back the last few weeks. He played 100% of snaps last week, and he's up against a Texans team that is top 10 for overall passing offense and top 10 for wide receiver targets, and this game's indoors. And the winner maybe wraps up the division, definitely gets a wild card. What's not to like? I like that quite a bit for a dart throw. Also, another dart throw here, a little more on the risky side. Jeff Akuda has been displaced by Clark Phillips in Atlanta as the second cornerback playing 100% of snaps. This has been happening for a couple few weeks now, but it's finally to the point where I feel like we could probably trust it this week. Clark Phillips would get the Saints. They have the 12th overall passing attack in the league. They need to win that game to have any chance of holding off Tampa Bay. So the Saints are going to play all their starters. I would assume that the Falcons do as well. And beyond that, Clark Phillips is a backup to begin with. So who cares, right? Like from their point of view, if they lose Clark Phillips, who cares? 
So I think we're good. I think he'll play. And I think that's a sneaky option that no one has because this is pretty recent that we feel safe about him. So that might be a good move for those of you that legitimately have gone through the whole waiver wire and are like, there's no one left. There's no one here. Clark Phillips might be your guy. Last two dart throws for week 18. I like Diamond Lenoir of the Niners up against the Rams for the same reasons as Javarius Ward. I like Benjamin St. Just of the Washington Commanders up against the Cowboys for the same reasons as Kendall Fuller. So those are your cornerback ones and twos and dart throws for week 18. <laughs> Let's move on to the worst ideas that might seem good week 18 edition. And I apologize in advance, but I'm, I got to say it. Having a week 18 title game in general is the worst idea that seems good. We've been talking about it this whole time. There's just too much uncertainty. It's unfair to people that have had the same players the entire season. And then all of a sudden, because that team that they're on is so good that they've locked up the one seed and they can rest everyone. You don't have those players anymore. What, what do you think CMC guys, guys that have CMC are going to be feeling this week? Lamar Jackson guys are going to be feeling this week. Rams are locked into the fifth seed. They're not going anywhere. No Matt Stafford, no Kyron Williams, no Pookie Nookie, right? That is a legit possibility for many players this week. So it's not great. And I know if you guys are hearing this, if you guys are listening to this, you probably already agree with me. You're probably sick of having your commissioner screw things up and do a week 18 title game. But I would just say, if you weren't aware of these shenanigans, now you are. <laughs> All righty. All right, let's move it on to the miscellaneous notes for week 18 edition here. Just a few things, nothing crazy. Playoff picture is your roadmap. Use the playoff picture as your roadmap if you are one of these teams that's locked into a week 18 title game. Like, that's probably your best initial look at things is if this team is out of it, this questionable guy may not be an option. If this team is locked into their seed, I may not see any of their players at all. So that kind of gives you an early feel for where you need to make waiver wire moves to get replacements to have if that does happen. And then as the week continues, just pay attention to beat writers, NFL Network, that type of thing. And hopefully we get early information on which teams are resting players and which teams are not. All right, moving on from there. So I was completely correct about Jerry Jacobs. He only played 2% of snaps last week. He had zero statistics of any kind. It was a beautiful thing. There were a couple people that played him against me, eight zeros and had no idea why. They should listen to the show. They should read the article. What can I say? And then also just talking about last week real quick, that was absolutely insane. It was inactive and injury hell. It really was. So Brandon Stevens, inactive. Marlon Humphrey, injured in the first quarter. Carlton Davis, inactive. J.C. Horn, declared active, but then a healthy scratch. Cam Taylor-Britt, coming back midweek and displacing D.J. Turner. Byron Murphy, inactive. Jalen Johnson, uh, injured before halftime. Jair Alexander, suspended before the game. Eric Stokes, sent to IR before the game. Kenny Moore, inactive. Xavier Howard and injured, uh, excuse me, injured almost immediately. Uh, Cater Kohu even lost a, a good chunk of his playing time after getting cooked by uh, C.D. Lamb a couple weeks ago and then uh, just cooked all over the place by the Ravens last week. Kohu not looking too good at the moment. Uh, Deontay Banks was inactive. Kendall Fuller was inactive. Benjamin St. Just was inactive. 
just really rough timing on all that last week. If you did manage to win and you did manage to have your corners do well last week, with all that being said, just give yourself a pat on the back because that was the one of the hardest Week 17 title game cornerback setups I've ever seen. That's like 12 of our best options that were just gone. So really crazy. Hopefully we get a little bit less hectic season next year. All right, last couple things here. So... Ifyadi Melon Waifu has been excellent for us the past three weeks. He's had interceptions in each of the last three games, multiple interceptions in at least one of them. He's got a good tackle floor. He's a great option. He's designated as a cornerback through NFL Jesus, so I am positive there are some league sites that that have him as a corner, even though he's actually playing safety. The party may be coming to an end this week. So Chauncey Gardner-Johnson is very close to coming off IR. He almost did last week, but it's probably going to happen this week. If not, he will be for the playoffs, but there's a good chance this week. If Chauncey Gardner-Johnson does come off IR this week, Melanofu is very likely the guy that's going to lose snaps. So just keep that in mind if you do have him as a cheat code uh, corner playing safety in one of your leagues. Keep an eye on Gardner-Johnson. If he does end up playing this week, it could hurt Melanofu, and you might have to uh, go to a different option. All righty, last couple things. Nate Hobbs came through for us last week. I talked all my crap, and he backed it up. Eight combined tackles and went right past his projection, and he did his part to bring home the titles for us. So we thank you, Nate Hobbs, and we love you. You're our favorite cornerback here at the Cornerback Corner. And that's pretty much it. Go with God, my friends. It is all shots in the dark this week. I really do wish you luck. I hope it works out. And as is tradition, hit me up if you need anything. I got you covered. One last time for any of the California listeners, don't forget about the Touchdown Hoedown. That is every Sunday from 1 p.m. to 8 p.m. Pacific Standard Time at the Desert 5 Spot. That's at 6516 Selma Avenue in Hollywood, California. For details, contact at Lamont562. That's at L-A-M-0-N-T-562 on Twitter for details. All right. Thank you, everyone, for listening. It's been a hell of a season. It's been a good one. I'm not going anywhere. I've been doing this for six, seven years now. Uh, It's a fun little hobby. Love my hobbies. And this is a good one. So I will be back next year. I will see you guys then. Thank you for listening. Thank you for reading all season long. I hope you guys took home some titles. I hope you all had a great holiday season. And we'll catch you in the off season. Take care and good luck this week in week 18. Have a good one. Bye-bye. This was the IDP After Show.